This podcast is sponsored by LiveProducersOnline.com, a community of Ableton Live users connecting you to the pros to learn today's music production. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Ableton Live Music Producer Podcast. I am your host, Dan Giffen, and we are starting a new series called Ableton Live Tips and Tricks. Um, I have a guest with me today, Mr. Ben Spilker, and we're going to be going through the next couple episodes, sharing some tips and tricks that we have learned from experienced producers using Ableton Live um, and other tips and tricks that we've adopted ourselves that we've learned over the years producing music. Um, today, we are focusing on MIDI effects. So today is a MIDI effect day. We'll be doing many more. And you can find all previous episodes at liveproducersonline.com slash podcast. We have a lot of other tips and tricks in our video courses. We have private lessons with Ableton certified trainers that you can book exclusively as a member through our website. And we have a free 30-day trial. So if you're just getting into Ableton, we have courses for you. If you're an experienced Ableton user, we still believe you will find lots of good stuff on the website. So free 30-day trial, join, uh, connect with us, uh, create a profile, and start networking with other producers. That's enough about that. Um, LiveProducersOnline.com, check it out. So today, Ben and I are going to kind of jump back and forth and share some tips and tricks using MIDI effects that we have adopted. And uh, Ben, how about you go first? Share with us one MIDI effect that you use and why, and walk us quickly through the process of how you would use it. Hey, all right. So one MIDI effect, though, it's not technically a true MIDI effect. Um, it's a Max for Live device, but I use it in all of my projects. And it's it's a very simple device. All it does is it's a MIDI quantizer. So it's a real-time quantize. So if you were to play a note, it would hold on to that note till the next 16th note or 8th note or whatever of the given tempo. So um, I a good application for this, let's say I've got a grand piano on track one, and then I would drag it in front of the grand piano uh, instrument on track one as all and, midi effects go yes. at the very beginning of the chain yep yes. and then um if i was to play different notes i could use my computer keyboard or a piano keyboard or whatever but it you're not going to hear anything unless you hit play at the top of ableton because it requires the the midi clock it, it actually pulls from the tempo so um i'm going to go ahead and do that here so then if i was to hit play and then I can hit different notes on my computer keyboard and it will always be in time. So I find I use this all the time with instruments as well as drums. And to, it's just a very easy way to, to make things line up. And That's awesome. So, so you use this um, in live application, like on stage, as well as you would in the studio. Yes, it's live and in the studio. I, um, okay. I, I probably use it in the studio even more. Um, now, one thing that I have found that is is kind of annoying, though, is uh, it, it might be too perfect. And so you might want to go back and revise it. So the way to do that, I've found the best way. And this is really uh, a, a technique I've used with a lot of different MIDI effects. This doesn't just apply to, to this quantized device. but And that is, if you had a second track, you can just take the MIDI from on the second track and pull the MIDI from the first device. So that way you're recording the output of, of the first device. And then, then you have something that's after the fact, then you can drag that clip 
back to the uh, the first track and then mute your your MIDI devices, whether it's a quantize or whatever you've got. And then you really have a true output of what you're actually doing. So then you can go and revise it. In other words, if you were to record a brand new clip, say on that grand piano track um, with the MIDI quantizer on that same track, then if you were to play the notes and record a new clip, and then you hit stop and playback, it's going to keep those notes exactly how you played them. It's just that the MIDI quantizer is changing the way they are played back, right? Exactly. Which is why you're going to be sending the output of that track to another MIDI track so you can capture the way the notes are actually being heard through exactly. the MIDI quantizer. Yep, that's brilliant. I love it. That's great, man. Um, cool. Well, I guess uh, I I'll go next, and we'll just keep going back and forth. That's a great that's a great tip and a good hack. Um, so we talked about what was that called again, Ben? So that's the MIDI quantize. Um, specifically, where can you find that if somebody wanted to go download that? Well, um, I believe we have that and a link on our site, but I can also okay. a link for that. Uh, we could probably put that in the description of this uh, podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll have a link to all of these in um, the show notes. So for the podcast notes uh, in the description, you will find all yeah. of these in there as well. So just make sure you share know, that with me. Ben. Uh, I do know the link for this is is featured in uh, our blog post about all the different Macs for live devices because this was like Macs for oh, live yeah. device number one. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, if you guys go to liveproducersonline.com, it's slash blog. Is that right? Yes. And then people will be able to go and see the blog posts we've had. And uh, we have one on Max for Live devices, and this is it. Ben actually wrote that. It's a great article. Go check it out. Cool. All right. Well, we're on limited time. So let's just keep chugging through these tips and things with MIDI effects. Um, mine is going to be the pitch MIDI effect. Uh, this is something I use quite a bit. Uh, I would say one of the most common ways I use it is if I want to get a really fat, big sound. Um, what I'll do is I'll create an instrument rack. So if you go into Ableton's instruments tab on the left in the browser, you'll find um, an instrument rack. I'll throw that in there. And then I'll have a, like a plugin. There's a plugin, a horns plugin that I use a, a lot with this pitch MIDI effect uh, called Sonova, uh, Sonovox Orchestral Companion. And uh, Sonovox is great. They have a lot of horns. They got a lot of real sounding instruments. Um, anyway, so what I'll do is I'll, I'll take that plugin and I'll, I'll put it in there and I'll have, um, say, um, and in the instrument rack, we'll have a chain. And in that chain will be trumpets. And then I'll have another chain with that same plugin in the same instrument rack. And that would be, for example, like a tuba or a trombone or something. And what I'm doing is I'm just stacking the layers um, in an instrument rack to create a big fat sound. But the problem is when that MIDI note hits, say I have a MIDI note and a clip on that instrument rack track, uh, it's gonna play all of those at that same uh, same octave in that same note. So what I can do is use the pitch MIDI effect and I'll drop the pitch MIDI effect on one of those chains. And what it's really doing for me is it's allowing me to kind of sort through which octave each uh, instrument of brass is playing. So on the trombone chain, I might pitch it down 12 semitones and 12 semitones is one octave. And then I'll have, say, the trumpet um, octave up plus 12 semitones. So it's a higher pitch. And they're playing the same note at the same time, but it's just pitch shifting those individual instruments to get a really big sound without me having to duplicate multiple tracks. I just put them in one instrument rack on one track and I can do that right there. Another thing you could do is 
if you wanted to layer like a synth, like uh, this happens a lot in like future based music or when I create like a future based track with somebody or producing, I'll have like a sub bass in the instrument rack, the same concept um, in one chain. And then I'll have like, say a synth in another chain and I'll use the same concept. I'll have that pitch uh, plus 12 or minus 12. Say it might even be minus 24 for the sub. And then the synth, I'll have maybe like plus, plus 12. And then I can just create one long note in a MIDI clip or two long notes and separate those out to make it a big fat wave of sound that play together. So that's one way I'd use the pitch device for sure. So one thing I found that's super useful with the pitch device is if you hold down on shift and then hit up or down, then you can scoot the, uh, the pitch device up and down by octaves rather than just. Oh, nice. That's a little shortcut. Yeah. That's cool. Awesome. Yeah, man, there's like 6 billion shortcuts in Ableton. Like we could be here for like 12 hours just going back and forth. It's beautiful. I love it. Uh, all right. So your turn, Ben. Share with us a, another MIDI effect you use and how you use it. So the chord MIDI effect, uh, that is super useful if you're not a very good piano player and or you want to just create chords that you couldn't normally get your fingers to play a position. Like if you just wanted to play all the way across the piano, you could actually. So, okay, let's go back to this chord device here. We've got uh, six different notes that you could play. If you really wanted to get crazy, you could even duplicate it and have 12 notes that you could play. But for this, let's just say you've got six. So you can go much like a pitch device. You can add an octave or go down an octave. But uh, in addition to that, like we could play a triad. So a triad is root third and fifth. Um, so notice how, since I went plus 12, if you, if you have another device or if you have another uh, note that is the same, it's going to be grayed out because you can't have two notes that are the same, exactly the same thing, but I could go plus 12 minus 12. And then if I went plus seven semitones, now seven semitones is a perfect fifth. I know that sounds kind of weird because it's it's seven, but that's uh, including the the uh, sharps and flats. It's it's uh, seven semitones is so if you play like C, uh, the seventh semitone up would be a G, and then if we went and did let's say uh, four semitones, that would be a major third. So um, I don't know if my audio is routed into this, but we'll, we'll I can just play it. No, I don't it. think it is, but that's okay. Um, for those of you that are listening right now, um, we actually should uh, let you know that we are actually screen recording this, and this is going to be available only to members of Live Producers Online. So like I said, there's a free 30-day trial. If you guys actually want to see what Ben and I are doing on our screens inside Ableton Live right now, um, this will be available only to members, um, and you can find that in the events page. Um, so if you go to events, then you can uh, find tips and tricks for the podcast there. Um, so anyway, sorry, Ben, uh, go so ahead and continue. Back, back to the core device. I am just playing one note on my computer keyboard and I can walk all the way up and it's going to play four notes off of the single note that I played. So it plays the original note along with the layers of seven semitones up, 12 semitones up, 12 semitones down and four semitones up. Um, cool. That's that's just a major chord. 
Um, yeah. So people basically in a nutshell, what you're trying to say is people are, are able to basically play multiple notes at the same time by just striking one MIDI note on their keyboard, um, creating a, as if they were playing like a full chord on a piano or whatever yeah. instrument they choose. That's awesome, man. That's a good hack. I do want to add to this though, and let people know that there is, um, in our downloads page, there is uh, a guy, a producer named 8-Bit Bandit, and we've included a download to a chord MIDI effect rack that he created uh, called Holy Scale. And what it is, is basically you just choose the scale that you want, and then you can basically play multiple notes, and it's going to lock to only playing chords within that scale. So you could literally just smash your head on a keyboard, and it'll always play chords and progressions that are within the scale that you choose so that's that's a great tip and a hack as well uh go check that out it's on our downloads page you can also find it if you search uh holy scale by 8-bit bandit it's good stuff cool well uh let me let me jump in a little bit i'll go next uh the velocity is one thing that i really love to do and i love to use um if i go in here real quick for those of you that can see my screen right now um, I'll go into the mini effects. I'll drop a velocity on here. Um, one thing I love to use the velocity before is for controlling the loudness of a sub bass. Uh, that's a hack. A lot of times, um, you know, if it's not like a real bass guitar, obviously there's a lot more expression in that, but typically in a lot of dance music for, um, like a sub bass, you will have, um, you'll typically have, um, the bass not being really quiet at one point and then really loud at the other. So what I do is I go into fixed mode um, and at the bottom of the velocity device, there's a button that says fixed. I'll click on that and then I'll have the output high set at whatever I want each note to um, be played at so that the loudness of one bass note is not louder than the others, um, which is really important, um, especially when it comes to like compressing bass to make sure that's also equally true. But definitely having the velocity locked in so each note is played at the same amount is important for sub bass. Um, another thing I really like to use with the velocity um, more so actually is uh, on a drum rack. If I have a bunch of different um, samples in a drum rack um, typically especially in dance music or any kind of electronic music a lot of times you will have a um, a kick drum is usually going to be hitting at the same loudness each time so what i do is i'll actually take the velocity midi effect and i will drag it onto uh, the kick drum and the snare if it's necessary for that style of music and then i'll do the same thing um, or if I drag out onto hi-hats, if I drag out on a hi-hat, then uh, I'll go to um, set the clip as um, the low range to be somewhere like, you know, wherever around like 80. And then maybe I'll set the high to like, you know, 110 or something. So it's more expressive. So you can do that to control individual drum rack samples and the way the drums are being played back and controlling them. Um, and then same for individual instruments. I find that's usually what I use the velocity for the most. Um, what about you, Ben? What do you use velocity for a lot? So, yeah, a lot of the times it's just on, let's say, like 808 chops or whatever. If, if I wanted something, I, all I would do is just take the velocity and turn the low value all the way up to uh, 127 so that there is no other possible values. It's very similar to what you're doing with just hitting fixed. It's just right. I, I just I'm kind of lazy and didn't do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's fine. But same thing, uh, same concept. Um, also, um, if you've got, say, you you wrote out something in the piano roll on a clip with, uh, let's say it's it is a piano, 
and you want to breathe a little bit more life into it, you want to humanize it a little bit, you can take the velocity and I'll go ahead and do it so I can kind of explain. Yeah, let me well, share your screen real quick. Yeah. So if you take the random and just expand out the random, all that does is means that it's a scatter plot. So there's an input, but it, it, that input can fall or that, that it'll take that input and then output that to anywhere within this gray region here. So, and it will be different depending on each time that note loops around and all the other notes that are in that sequence. So really you can have something that, that has a little bit more randomness. It's not just a fixed, it's at the same level all the way across. There's certain times you want it to be the same level with like sub bass, for instance, but you know, piano, you want it to be a little bit more human and have a little bit more variety. Right. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I, I think there's a lot of different ways you can use any of these effects that we're mentioning. We're just touching on a couple little things here and there. Um, so I encourage you guys to definitely do some research as well. And there's lots of different ways of using stuff out there. Um, but yeah, man, absolutely. The random's a cool thing to play with as well. All right, so the big one, let's jump into the arpeggiator, Ben. Uh, show us and explain a, a quick way and method that you use the arpeggiator, other than the obvious of just making notes jump around. And maybe you should really quick give us a fast summary of what an arpeggiator is, just for those of you, those of you that are listening who are newbies can understand what an arpeggiator is. So the, the true definition of an arpeggiation is it's just playing a chord but it's playing the notes at separate times so instead of playing three or four or five notes all at the same time you can just play them in a sequence and you could start there's all kinds of different um, orders in which the arpeggiator can play it you can start the lowest note and then work your way sequentially all the way up or you can start in the middle it there's so many different algorithms and the style of how the arpeggiator is that that's kind of the order of when when notes fire right. and then you could also could, just choose one long note too yeah and then chop up that note to play back as if it was short and choppy or long and sustained but repeating over and over exactly but yeah so um one thing that i have done a lot recently with the arpeggiator is go to the groove and change it from straight to a swing eighth or swing sixteenth and mm -hmm. then mess with the gate so the gate is really the length of the note and uh, kind of automate the gate. And it just makes this really interesting kind of swing style. It works, uh, it works pretty well with hi-hats and, and other things. But yeah, I found, I found it really, it, it, for me and in, in my style of music, it seems, it seems to resonate the best with, with hi-hats. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one thing I learned recently um, is if, if you actually go into the um the groove pool if you go in the groove pool then you can actually adjust the global uh groove the the pool and that actually syncs up with the arpeggiator too really which is weird yeah i, I saw a know. tutorial on that the other day i didn't fully understand exactly how that all works together but i thought that was really fascinating something to play with um if you are messing with grooves yeah, if you're messing with grooves in the arpeggiator, check that out. Play with it. See what you come up yeah, with. Yeah, I'll have to play with that then. I did not know that. Yeah, it's a fun tip. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the arpeggiator, man, it's brilliant. I love this thing. 
the gate is, I think, a really cool thing to experiment with because you can create like short, choppy sounds um, out of long, sustained notes um, that are in MIDI clips. Um, I think automating the rate is really key and, and cool. Um, if you turn on the session record button at the top um, and you want to like turn a knob and mess around with uh, automating different movements, uh, you can make the rate and make it sound like you're playing really fast or really slow um, at certain parts. I think you using know, one this. Thing, uh, one thing I do a lot of is uh, if you take the sync and change it to free, so it's in, in length of milliseconds, um, then if you automate the rate that way, um, or I've even put an LFO on the rate to make it so oh, that, that's brilliant yeah so, so then uh, i can take a, a snare and make it sound super trappy because it's like that stuttered like da, 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 oh yeah sound. yeah so, that's what's up so yeah you hear that a lot in, like trappy bass music for sure yeah that's cool yep and then um yeah i mean there's so many things the arpeggiator you could do one thing that's kind of fun as well is if you throw it before a drum rack and you set the range the distance um and you mess with it to kind of zone it in on the samples of being played back in the drum rack within a certain octave, you can get some really cool sounds out of that. So if you just built like a, a drum rack full of hi-hats, like you just put in like 10 hi-hats and then you put an arpeggiator in front of it and then do what you were saying of just using an LFO tool on the rate or adjusting the rate and automating it, you can get some really cool sounds of like hi-hats that are like trappy sounding with that too. Interesting, yeah, because you can cycle between different samples. Yeah, that's smart. That's That's kind of fun. So uh, the other, the next device I use a lot is the uh, is the scale device, and so um, you can use the scale device in conjunction with chords. And I kind of want to show the magic of what happens when you combine effects in a minute. But if you just take the scale device, and I'll mute the chord. So let's pick like. One I use a lot of is just the pentatonic scale. Yeah, we don't actually have your audio set up, so we can't hear that, but you can just explain it for us for now. So the minor pentatonic scale. um, And so that just means that it's going to snap any note that you play to to the five notes that are within the pentatonic scale. So in other words, if I had a MIDI clip and I had 12 different notes walking up chromatically up the keyboard and played every every note in, a, in an octave um, you would hear 12 notes but when it goes to the scale device specifically with the minor pentatonic since there's only five penta um, you would hear five different pitches but you would hear you know 12 different times that that five the, uh, the five pitched notes played i know that sounds kind of yeah, say could, that 20 times fast. <laughs> I wish I could play. I wish I could. You could hear the audio of it. But the idea yeah. is um, so with the pentatonic scale, th- there's like a group of three notes here. So it's going to snap it, the first note. It's not going to snap it at all. If I played it right. like it all just be C. C, it would be right. C. Yeah. So then like C sharp would also be C. Well, D would also be C. Right. And, and then so th- there's really you know, five possibilities of, of things you can play. Right, only five notes that'll be triggered. Yeah. So anyways, then, you know, I can slap my computer keyboard and it'll actually, it'll actually sound correct. That's um, cool. But if you were to put a chord device in front of the pentatonic scale or in front of a scale device in general, um, then you're playing chords and 
if you have a chord with just the chord device on and you play a note and walk up the keyboard, it's going to keep that same like blocky shape as you walk up the keyboard. But if you put, have a scale after the chord device, then it's going to snap the notes. So it's not just that blocky shape. It's that shape, but then it'll take it and bend the notes that aren't in scale in that blocky shape to then actually make them fit and make them work. So then I can walk up my keyboard. Uh-huh. Very cool. Yeah, I love that, um, dude. So then it That's just, a cool idea. Just it, Whatever you play works and sounds... Sure, just get some real interesting triggered chords and stuff going on and just come up with random ideas that's a cool idea man i like that a lot if you wanted to take it one step further and go really crazy you could just resample that and then throw that into arrangement view chop out one note individually throw that back into like <laughs> you know whatever else you wanted there's, there's so many possibilities with ableton i feel like there's like unlimited amounts of fun it's it's a big playground yeah. really of yeah, just toys recording something then recording the output of it and taking the output and putting just it back messing with it, it reversing it yeah doing weird stuff. stuff i like reversing notes a lot and getting cool effects out of it so Especially and you know guitar. reverse notes sound really cool yeah you know and honestly i mean we're running out of time but just to kind of wrap it up i feel like this is a good transitioning just into encouraging people and listeners um, you know, whether you're more experienced in Ableton or whether you're just starting out and producing music in general, I think the key ingredient is just to try stuff and have fun. You know, it's like so many times I've been worked up in the past, whether working by myself or in the studio with other people. And I'm just like, it has to be perfect. It has to be the. It has to be something. It has to sound like, you know, dead mouse or whoever, like people look up to. And it's just like, no. No, no, no. You just have fun, come up with something and, and ideas will spark out of the playfulness and creativity of just like screwing around and finding happy accidents because there's billions and billions of happy accidents inside of Ableton. Like as yeah, Donald gotta... as Donald Trump would say, billions and billions. It's just there's so <laughs> many possibilities, right? It, yeah. If like what I found is really the the attitude you got to go across Ableton is, is what does this button do? You know, you just got to go yeah. have fun and, and try to just figure it out. Just experiment. Sure. You'll come up with some really interesting, happy accidents if, if you experiment. Right. I feel like all of my favorite songs that I produce and favorite songs that my like fans and followers have liked were songs that I didn't overthink it. I just kind of did it, you know, it just kind of happened. But Cool, man. Well, Ben, we will be doing this again. Thanks for joining me in this wonderful tips and tricks series that we are doing. Um, For all of our listeners, once again, um, this episode um, is actually screen recorded and it will be posted for our members only at liveproducersonline.com. Um, You can go check that out. We've got video courses. We have private lessons with myself, Ben, um, and a lot of other trainers that will be adding more to the roster um, we're going to be growing a lot more content for our members only so feel free to check it out free 30-day trial liveproducersonline.com click join and we will see you on the other side so yeah stay tuned for more tips and tricks um, we would love to hear from you so if you wanted to uh, contact us maybe you have new ideas for tips and tricks episodes or a new podcast uh, feel free to shoot us an email at contact 
at liveproducersonline.com. Send it to contact at liveproducersonline.com. Tell us what new tips and tricks, themes, or topics you would like us to cover, and we'll consider adding it to the roster. Once again, uh, much love, everybody. Happy producing. Keep doing stuff. And uh, we will see you very soon. Awesome. Thanks. All right. Peace out. Later. This podcast is sponsored by liveproducersonline.com, a community of Ableton Live users connecting you to the pros to learn today's music production.